everybody, and welcome back to Sapphic Survival Guide. We're happy to be queer to answer your questions. I'm Gina. I'm Sev. And I'm Cheyenne. Class is now in session, and this week we are covering queer erasure, which mm-hmm. might sound like a confusing thing. So, of course, one of our first questions actually is, what is queer erasure? And uh, I think because we don't always really know, we've got Sev standing by for the definition. <laughs> you know me and my dictionary definition. So when I look up what is queer erasure, I get um, mm-hmm. the first thing is a link to Wikipedia, which my high school research teachers did tell me that that wasn't a reliable source. But in this case, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that. It I trust Wikipedia word- with my life. <laughs> I'll take it as fact in the word of God. So <laughs> queer erasure as defined by Wikipedia. Uh, Mm -hmm. says LGBT erasure refers to the tendency to remove lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, asexual, and queer groups or people unintentionally or intentionally from record or to dismiss or downplay their significance. This erasure can happen in a number of written and oral texts, including popular and scholarly texts, basically in like any form of media. Queer erasure is purposely or unintentionally removing queer people from the narrative and whatever media that you're and it doesn't always have to be the media too because I think we talk a lot about heteronormativity and I think queer erasure is like the effect like if if heteronormativity is the cause this is the effect effect. is that that queer LGBTQ people get queer voices and experience heteros valid yeah Yeah, and it made me think of I don't know if we mentioned this before but like in like a Marvel movie, if they introduce like a queer character, literally anyone of any like uh, minority, they're like, oh, this is just like the woke like agenda, blah, blah, blah. Right. But really it's just you like, no, queer less- people were erased before. They were not shown in this like sphere, in this form of media. They weren't shown in Marvel movies. Yeah, so like, now they're being literally introduced like one yeah. character, if one, one second scene. So I see. I mean, I think like, y'all are really focused on the media though when like erasure also happens like day to day in the mm-hmm. workplace well, yeah. even when someone's like, oh, do you, are you married with kids and how's your husband and whatever, yeah. you know, like I feel yeah. like it's, There's it's so everywhere, many... not just media. It's such a like broad subject. So I'm going to get into the questions because I think it'll help us niche it down with our answers, but also it is yeah. such a broad topic. I don't even know where we're going to go with some of these. So let's yeah. see. Yeah. The first question is um, kind of grouping together a lot about bisexual erasure in general. A couple of questions. If you're bisexual, why do people invalidate you if you date the same gender and say you're actually gay or you're actually straight if you date the opposite gender? Slash why do bisexuals get excluded by some lesbians? I've definitely experienced this. At one point I was into this girl and like I started dating a guy kind of shortly after and I talked to her a couple years later and she was like, yeah, I was into you. But then you started dating that guy and I was like, oh, she's not even gay. And I was like, I was literally in love with you in the gayest way. So how dare you say that? (laughs) Like, no. Yeah, and, and I'm mistake anyway, obviously. It's something I've that. heard like a long for a long time. And like I used to have a friend actually. I mean, I still have her and I are still pretty good friends. But when I was like six, 15, 16, she came out, I think. Um, when she would date guys, the friend group would be like, see, you're straight. Mm. And when she would date a girl, they'd be like, see, you're gay. Right. I remember like in my head, I was thinking like, 
nah, she's just with a dude now. Nah, she's just with a girl now. And maybe that's my inner inner queer girl that was like, yeah, giving me those answers. But I was I like never said anything about it because I didn't know how to. Like I didn't know that. the yeah I didn't know how to address it. Well, to be fair, I don't think people who are bisexual know how to walk around with like, hey, I like more than one gender, you yeah. know, written across our forehead or something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's constantly invalidated, so it's kind of hard constantly. for. Yeah. you know you to say anything and like coming from the lesbian perspective I haven't said this about anyone but I've definitely encountered other lesbians who have thought this way and I will say that like I feel like there's like this stereotype that like most lesbians think this way but I want to say that I don't think that's true I think there are some lesbians that think this way but they're just like very vocal about it and a lot mm-hmm. of them have been like scorned by a specific bisexual so they're like I'm going to say fuck all bisexuals because that's not okay. I feel like we've talked about this before too in the, Mm -hmm. um, episode. I don't know which episode. I feel like we've talked about this type of theme of like bisexuality being invalidated by lesbians because yeah, like, so, uh, just like biphobia in general. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Like our community is special, but I think that like to invalidate bisexual, like they literally have their own letter in LGBTQ. Yeah. So like, yeah. stop, you know, it's, I don't like it. I, I mean, I still identify as like bisexual, pansexual, even though I'm pretty much like a practicing lesbian, but like <laughs> I have friends who are in places in their life that I can relate to. And so to invalidate them would just be invalidating who I once was at one point in my life. So who are you to judge anybody on any point in their journey or just whatever their preferences, whatever their spectrum is like, it's, it's not for you to judge. It's just not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think honestly, a lot of it comes down to insecurity, you know, and like not knowing how to like, communicate and like uh tell your partner what you need or like what is not okay with you or like taking baggage from past relationships into new relationships and it's like yeah like they're like I don't know I feel like there's so much that can be done to like prevent having this kind of like reaction and like you can't just like group all bisexuals into a monolith and like it's yeah it just it's just not how it works that's not not, they're not the same yeah everyone is different yeah Yes. And Cheyenne, you're a very great ally to bisexuals. And we're going to do a whole bisexual episode. So we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. For all you bisexuals listening. So I know that like a stereotype is that bisexuals are getting excluded by lesbians, but like it's not true. And if that's happening, it's more of a them thing. It's less of a you thing. I promise. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So another question that kind of goes along with this is how do you feel about the phrase straight relationship when two queer people that appear male and female date? So that could be like two non-binary mm. people. It could be two. Well, I, I assume that appear male and female uh, Would be is like specifically non-binary. saying non-binary, but also I want to bring in bisexual people who yeah. are, you know, like a man and a woman yeah. dating. Or a woman when I read this, dating. I thought non-binary people maybe um transgender people and yeah yeah and then, I know some trans people do identify as straight and some like well, identify yeah. as queer you could be and, straight though and then mm-hmm. be trans and hold that part of your identity to the community yeah. I feel like there's a exactly. lot of ways to like it's it depends nuanced. on what they connect with it's it's mm-hmm. nuanced exactly yeah. yeah yeah but 
straight relationship. How do we feel about that phrase? I mean, I feel like uh, if it feels good to like, if there are two trans people and they are dating the quote unquote opposite gender, like, and then they want to identify right, as straight, yeah. then yeah. Like, have you seen that one really cute couple on TikTok where it's like a very femme presenting? I don't actually know that he identifies as a guy, but I'm pretty sure he does. I apologize if I'm wrong. And then a very masked girl yes. and they're yeah. a couple. Wait, and he has the big nails. Yes. yes. Yeah. Money for my and girlfriend. Like, are they straight? Are they pro- I like, right? I like, know. like do cares? they kind of straight? Really? Are they bisexual? Are they? Yeah. Is the woman? Quote, no, I'm like, pretty I don't sure know how that... they identify, but right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Honestly, like at the end of the day, they're in love. So, like, what yeah. is it? I mean, like, right. I guess I, their label only matters if that person wants to use it to make them feel like um seen and valid. Yeah, and so I think sometimes straight. I feel like we use as queers as like a term to like heterosexual. So I don't know if I would maybe use like a hetero couple if that's how they identify, but I don't know. I feel like it's super situational. I think, yeah. So I think the problem with using hetero couple would be Mm. in that those people that are non-binary that just appear to be Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. straight or hetero and the people that are bisexual, they don't want to be called hetero because at least one of them is not heterosexual. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we do kind of use straight. <laughs> straight is kind of like a slur. Like it's like they look straight. Not actually, <laughs> like, but not kind of actually. Straight, quote unquote, like, derogatory. It's derogatory. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like in a lot of queer faces, it's like ugh, the straighties are here. Like the straights are here. Yeah, like a joke, but like sometimes not. So I think that it depends on you and your relationship and how you guys are comfortable also don't assume though if you see yeah exactly that they are anything unless they tell you i like the whole concept of using the term partner when you're referring to a couple where you don't know what they call each other and like people that are normalizing using the word partner interchangeably Mm -hmm. with girlfriend and boyfriend just because it is it does make people more comfortable obviously i like don't do this all the time i don't use it all the time just because of like for all the partners societal- you're always talking about well no like societal norms like Gina. Refer to other people <laughs> you're, you're channeling me today <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm meant, like, I'm just teasing. I'm refer sorry. to other people <laughs> so like using it interchangeably really helps this whole situation because it's like yeah. then you're not assuming and it's makes everything easier mm-hmm. yeah continuing the conversation about couples and relationships why do most lesbian couples consist of a mask and a femme like it fits the stereotype and i'm assuming that that's in reference to like heteronormativity or just like the stereotype that mm-hmm. lesbians there's one masculine and one feminine presenting partner I don't see that in the queer couples that I know personally. I was going to say, I don't really see that much. So, like, I see it, but it's not, like, what I would say is the most common. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say most. It's not an overwhelming amount Mm, to me. I agree. I agree. Not at all. I don't think either Cheyenne nor I are in a lesbian relationship where it's one and one. Like, I think my girlfriend and I are both a little bit, like, gender neutral, maybe... And I don't know, I feel like you and your girlfriend are both pretty femme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe though, because I know that some people, because we were talking about it earlier, might have taken this as in media. Mm-hmm. In media, I think it is seen a little bit more often than in real life. I still don't think it is because I feel like we mostly see um, 
femmes because a lot of it is like made for the well like there's like the consumption of like straight men and straight people and like the fetishization like you don't see a lot of masculine lesbians I'm thinking more of like the the couples that I see on like TikTok and yeah. like the popular creators that right. are popular because they're in like a cute relationship. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I always see are more just like a mask and a femme or like yeah. more. I do see those like, sometimes. I know? do see a lot of like femmes, femme couples, but like that's just like based on my algorithm, obviously. Yeah. So maybe that's, that's just like, what I'm seeing yeah. for whatever reason. But that's like the nice part of like media that isn't curated by people with money TikTok, like we can kind of have our own representation stuff. and visibility yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about this in the queer representation in media is like being able to find that and then react with that and interact with that and get that boosted for ourselves within our communities mm-hmm. is like super important but yeah yeah maybe I that's the only thing I was also thinking with this question is like maybe they were thinking in media right and then another question we got that actually goes along with that is is femme erasure really a thing when most women on screen are femmes and I think that it can be a thing and still acknowledge the fact that like in movies and television there is like the fetishization of Mm -hmm. um feminine queer women and like masks are put on the back burner um but like there is still erasure like in other contexts like looking at me if I go to a doctor's office which we have a a question about medical erasure but if I go to a doctor's office they're like so are you is there any way you could be pregnant and I say no and they're like well you're not on birth control how could you not be pregnant because the assumption is that I look quote-unquote straight so I must Mm -hmm. be having sex with a a cis man or someone with a penis like they they're well they don't even think that honestly they just think it's a I'm with a cis man and they don't understand how I could not be pregnant so it's like there is like erasure in I think more in-person contexts and other things and then in media it's more of like mask erasure because we barely get any yeah representation at all in the media and then what we do get is like fetishized I feel like yeah and I think the fetishization fetishization how do you say that word fetishization of femme women in the media can also lead into this erasure because when we see a person or a woman portrayed as a femme on tv a lot of like the tropes and the things that are happening are like the guy's still trying to get her she can't Mm. she's not that gay you know like yeah like the straight men are still pining after the woman who's gay and femme and in a relationship but she's hot to them so she must at least like dick a little bit right or we see like it's still like through the lens of the patriarchy and white supremacy and it's very like it's like able-bodied thin cis white women and that's like who is shown and there's not maybe you'll get like a biracial thrown in there and that's coming from a biracial like you'll get a biracial thrown in once in a while like the l word i've noticed is like yes like there's there's like no diversity in it um and i do think you know people are trying but we just don't have like the the purchasing power i definitely do think that on screen they put i mean in general like overall people who are gonna be palatable for middle America who isn't very boundary pushing and 
I don't know. It goes even further. Another question that we got is older femme erasure is also a thing. There's the returning L word cast, but who else? Which that is, that I think the L word does an okay job of some forms of representation, um, especially in, in the new, I should <laughs> preface in the new one not the old one <laughs> yeah. um there is different levels of intersectionality which i do appreciate this being one of them you know the older wiser lesbians returning cast um let me just say though tina was looking rough <laughs> no offense to that actress but i was like <laughs> tina girl it, i mean that age so gracefully and then tina shows up looking like three centuries have gone by stop um, I, I don't know I think she looks the same to me is that that like I don't know if that's offensive to say I don't know she if looks that's the same to more me. of a read than I just <laughs> yeah it might be like I don't even mean that like I don't even mean it badly but um the only other shows I can think of with older femmes in it are the fosters which is I was just older. about to say it's the not, fosters yeah it's not Those going on moms? Yeah, but another recent show it's that I fucking love is Yellow Jackets has two black lesbian femmes oh, uh, that are okay. married. And it's a fucking warped show. It's like cannibalism. It's like oh it's God. like lost, but it's like the wilds, but it's like soccer players oh. stranded in Canada, like in the winter, and there's like cannibalism and shit, and like oh it's like flashbacks to the eighties and today. So and there's has the black like, lesbians shows. Yeah, it's good. now is this question saying though older femme erasure meaning that any of the representation we do get of older lesbians is more on the mask butch side like no is that i think a they're saying just question? like older i mean it older could lesbians. Be. i think they're just saying you're too. always seeing young lesbians i don't yeah. think i think mm -hmm. they're saying you don't see anyone uh that's older and then maybe if like i don't know i assume that this person is a femme and that's why they want to see that representation but there definitely is even less representation for mask uh representation yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay do you guys want to take a little break yes okay and we are back so the next question is, I am a mask presenting lesbian, and why do I get erased as a queer? I just get almost grouped in as a cishet man when I'm fucking not. Mm -hmm. I think people sometimes see people presenting as mask and think like, oh, you want to be a guy yeah. when it's like, no, I just don't, like, I just don't think they, they how care I like about looking myself. feminine. Right. Yeah. Like, people just like, like, I've gone through phases in my life where I like more masculine clothes than feminine clothes like you just, people just yeah. want to present themselves differently that reminds me of a tweet that i literally saw i think earlier today that was like she asked me where the windshield wiper fluid goes in her car like baby i'm not a man i'm a dyke <laughs> and i thought that was funny <laughs> not that like anyone can't be interested in cars but it's just like but it's funny, like, like assuming they have like the same skill set yeah. or interests mm -hmm. or anything just because they wear clothing from the yeah. quote-unquote men section just because uh, right. a girl wears like black skinny jeans and a flannel and a hat every day doesn't mean they're gonna be able to fix your car like, <laughs> yeah. is that your definition of mask <laughs> no she's wearing like, basketball shorts like, and an oversized t-shirt backwards yeah, hat like, says she's, mask <laughs> <laughs> not me 
I'm saying this is what people say. She didn't say I, you are. She said that says mask. Oh, I thought she said that <laughs> Sev's ver- like Sev's mask. I know. I know Sev is mask for anybody who's not watched. No, she's <laughs> kidding. But that's the assumption, right? Like they, they just see short hair and, and go, man. Yeah. Which is wrong. <laughs> I've heard that like a million times. Like I've heard so many people having that experience. And my best friend, she shaved her head and was living in Mexico and people called her boy all the time. Like they just assumed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Especially I think a lot of, at least in where she was, it was like more of a rural area in Mexico. They just like assumed like short hair, you're a boy. Um, And that's really like, are you like not looking or like, is your assumption like, I don't know, like masculine presentation like like, and it's like the problem is more that people have to put everybody in some sort of box so that they know how to treat them and so they're like I see you as masculine therefore I am going to put you in the man box and Mm -hmm. that's it and I think that people have are so accustomed to doing that that they make quick snap judgments like all the time if even if you're going down like you know TSA or someone will wait, you're at a table and someone waits on you. People say sir and ma'am all the time. And it's like, why do you even right. need to make that distinction? And I feel like it's going to get you in trouble more often than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there are gender neutral like, terms. Yeah. yeah. And then think and about think how many just... times you've seen like trans people get misgendered. I know, Gina, you don't have Twitter. This is more for shiny. <laughs> like there are people that will try to dunk on other people and be like, okay sir and they're like I'm a woman I just look like like you're just yeah, trying to misgender me on purpose mm-hmm. but I am literally a cishet female that like has a masculine feature and because I'm standing up for trans issues you assume that I'm trans and are calling me sir but it's yeah. like no I mm-hmm. like yeah, I've seen that like, before and I was actually thinking the other day about how I've seen like more people online who are trans or like non-binary or whatever and people will be like well, you know what you're always going to have XY chromosome. You're always going to be biologically female. Like they'll like make those comments. And like, I've been seeing more and more people be like, okay, yeah. Like just not giving a fuck. And it's like, good. Like, no, sucks that my- they like feel like they need to break you down. But like, I'm glad yeah. you're not giving them that reaction that they're looking for. Cause maybe yeah. they'll just fucking mm-hmm. stop if they see that it's not working. It's not working. My yeah. favorite is when they're like, someone's like, I'm transgender male to female. And then they look like, a girl and they're like you'll never be a man like, yes <laughs> oh yeah they're like yes like, thank they you for validating right. they like get it confused yeah i like the quote from angel and rent when they're talking at yes. her funeral and they say spoiler for her who hasn't seen rent <laughs> they're talking at it came out in like 2000 like <laughs> 1995 I think I've seen it like literally once um so Angel and Rent at the funeral they are talking about her and they say that she walked up to someone who was like giving her a hard time was like I'm more of a man than you'll ever be and more of a woman than you'll ever get which I don't know that they really explicitly say how Angel identifies but that's the point it's just like it doesn't matter because gender is a construct right yes it's very I, I feel like Angel is like my first was my first look into like gender fluidity like I don't know that I've ever saw that before them and like they use him and her and she and her yes she and they yes everything all the pronouns I don't know that they ever hi takes off the wig I'm angel like so dramatic (laughs) yes yeah love a reveal (laughs) all right well 
Speaking of fluidity, uh, Mm -hmm. we had another inquiry that said, we'd love to hear about how queer culture alienates LGBTQ people who don't fit the stereotypes. Do either of you have any insight on that? I think we've talked about how there are certain kinds of people who are, again, more um, digestible for people to see represented. And we often then see that kind of used over and over again, which then doesn't leave room for some of that fluidity. And so I think that I hope that they don't feel alienated because I think the problem is more of the media representation than more like the queer community inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. Like I do feel like on an interpersonal level, the queer community can be very inclusive, but the media representation does try and put LGBTQ people into stereotypes, even how we just said like the backwards hat and the person who's non-binary, who's a skinny white presenting person with short hair. And it's like, there's obviously a lot of ways to be non-binary. There's a lot of ways to be gender fluid, to be gay. And so I, I hope that people don't feel alienated day to day, but I can understand how it is not represent not represented in the media if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I was honestly thinking of this question more in terms of like other LGBTQ people and not necessarily the media so like I was thinking I'm pretty sure when we did the astrology question or the astrology episode we got a question that was like well what if I don't like astrology like where where does that me like where does that put me um so questions uh that have had to do with like well I don't like x y and z but I'm queer like why why is this topic relevant because it's not relevant to me and like to that I want to say like I like on my meme page I make like a lot of memes that feature a lot of like queer stereotype things like the beanies septum piercings tattoos cats dogs uh plants but like if you are not seeing like memes that represent you because like the reason I started my meme page was because I followed some like lesbian meme pages and they just weren't posting as much as I wanted them to. Like I wanted to see more. So I made more. Um, and it's like, you can like start churning out some tweets or some memes about, or like even TikToks about how, um, queer culture is wearing one contact in one eye. Like, like you can make anything a part of like, like we didn't just wake up and decide one day that like oat milk lattes were part of queer culture. Like it just like got like perpetuated so many times that it was like accepted to be like something that queer people like. Like it's something Mm -hmm. that you like, if you feel alienated, like make your identity and your interests known. Um, And I mean, you don't have to do that, of course, but like, you don't have to like look to other queer people to like let you know if you're gay or not based you're off of weird, what right stereotypes way. you There's fall not- in. Yeah. And even like mullets used to be seen as like this like Republican, like trucker bro dude. But like now that's mm-hmm. like something that tells you when that I see a mullet. Queer, like, <laughs> I mean, it could go either way, I think, but like that's becoming something that's becoming more of a steer or a steer, a queer stereotype. And it just like, yeah. shit evolves and um so I, I think, mean like, things really do evolve there was this one queen on drag race who did like the theme was male drag like they were supposed to do something like masculine mm-hmm. and this one queen did all these things that were once considered masculine and are now not so it was like frills 
and puffy yeah. sleeves heels. and I feel and like heels, and, yeah. and heels. Yep, exactly. And it's That's like cool. our perception of what is masculine and feminine is assigned by society because that's yeah. living proof. These things that are now considered feminine were once not. And yeah. that's- Pink used to be the boy color. And blue used to be the girl color in like the 1900s. It's all yeah, made up. We just changes. assign things to whatever. And it's like, those are the rules, but it's like, we've made them, we've made up the rules. We've made up yeah. the rules. That, yeah. that's and the if you don't fit the stereotype, every... it doesn't mean yeah. that you're- Do I sound like such player. a sonar? I'm like, nothing's real. No, like I say that all the time. The it's the truth. It's the truth. Like literally- It's fucking, uh, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> Where the rules are made fields. up and the, the fucking points don't count or whatever. Nothing is real. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to me. get on about. Oh, no, no, anyway. No. Anyways, on to the next question. <laughs> yeah. Um, we hinted at it a little bit earlier. What's the best way to handle erasure in medical slash health, physical and mental contexts? I think this could get me off on a tangent. I know. But... Yeah. And I actually saw a TikTok about this recently where this, I believe, lesbian. Um, I don't know if she's a nurse. I don't know what her official position is, but she asked um, a patient at like the hospital or something if, you know, if their partner was male or female, if there was any chance that they could be pregnant. Um, she was like asking these questions and the person looked at her and was like, I'm not gay. I'm not a dyke. And she was like, I, I'm not like saying that like and the person was like how, why would you think that I am like what and yeah. she was like I asked everyone this question and then she like explained to her just like a what she's asking is are you having sex that's going to lead to the risk of pregnancy yes. it's yeah. a valid medical fucking question yeah and I feel like it's it's good to ask that question in a way that is more inclusive and I feel like a lot of queer people do work in healthcare, pretty much any field that you work in, like, don't make the assumption that someone yeah. is straight. Mm -hmm. And, like, the more people we have, like, advocating for doing it that way, the less common I think yeah. it will be. Um, fewer people will do that. Like, hopefully, like, your peers will see, like, hey, I'm asking this question in a certain way. Maybe I mm -hmm. should do that to be more inclusive. Like, obviously, not everyone's going to do it. Like, mm -hmm. not everyone cares enough to, but I think enough people are becoming more progressive that they will want to handle it that way. I think this goes really deep. And I, I think Cheyenne, you could probably shed more of a light on this even than I could, to be honest. But I think that there is really a lack of research and money spent on women's health, on people with uteruses health, people who are not whites health. Uh, it's really wild when you look into like how every single medical poster has the skin of a white person even in dermatologist offices at this that's the mm -hmm. only people who go to the dermatologist is people yeah. who have white skin and they have so much more research on male health and male reproductive health than they do female and it's all fucked up <laughs> Yeah, I made my doctors, I like saw like some paperwork and they had me listed as white and I made me, I made <gasps> them like change it to biracial because like certain diseases and certain issues are like more prevalent in the black community. And it's like, I don't want that to be overlooked just because you look at me and see white person and Not to mention don't like consider my your identity. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, Not to mention like, of look at you, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What they ever, that's so fucked. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but yeah, it's just like, you kind of have to like advocate for yourself and like, it is an awkward conversation, but 
like I'm not afraid I mean it's a little awkward sometimes but like it's gotten to the point where it's like I'm a lesbian like I'm not gonna be ashamed to tell my doctor that for fear of them like judging me like what the fuck do I care but I'm not gonna like sit here and like let them like pregnancy test me because you yeah. know I, I'm afraid to stand up for myself not that they haven't like I still do need to advocate for done, yourself that's like, so important yes mm -hmm. it's yes. crazy like that people aren't like if you're not advocating for yourself it's literally not happening in the medical mm -hmm. field and if your doctor doesn't recognize that also you yeah. can consider switching doctors but I feel like you have to like advocating for yourself is the most important thing when you it saying comes that to your reminded me um when I first started public floor physical therapy, they were like, so like, how big is your boyfriend's penis? Like what, like size are you hoping to get to? Like, what the like fuck? being able for penetration, like, is there like a size that you're hoping to reach? And I was like, at that point I was single, but I was like, mm, I'm a lesbian. Like, I don't have a boyfriend. Yeah. And I like, honestly I had to remind them that like a couple more times like they forgot That's but now they're, they've met my girlfriend they're like they know now um but it was like a big reason why I didn't go to pelvic floor physical therapy sooner is because I wasn't being penetrated but it was um you know fucking with my sex life in other ways and I did want to be penetrated but I was like well I can't because I you know need to like get this shit dealt with but at the same time I was like do I even need to because I don't have a partner with a penis at this time mm -hmm. and so it like was kind of like a does the chicken become or does the chicken come before the egg situation like do I need yeah. to get this done or like like eventually I decided to just do it because it was like negatively impacting me but yeah they just like assumed that it was because I was having sex with a cis man and I was like actually no my partner doesn't have a penis and um we've talked about like dildo options and like other things uh to like even just fingers like, yeah and, and fingers yeah. yeah we've like spoken about that since then but like yeah the assumption was that I was coming in to help sex like have it like help well, my sex make life it so that he could be inside of you and it's like no Ugh, right like, there, there's no be able to use equation. a tampon like <laughs> right yeah I would like <laughs> to be able to use a dildo but like I don't know there needs to be like more training around this sort of thing obviously mm -hmm. and like even with them I've spoken with them about like completely unrelated to gender or sexuality like how my doctor like needed to like refer me to them and they didn't they just like sent me home with a box of dilators and they were like have at it and like they've taught me like how to use them and like all this shit that like my doctor never talked to me about and didn't like refer me to so there's like mm. lots of gaps missing I think um yeah do we want to talk lot. a little bit about erasure in the mental health context or I mean I think that continues the conversation of just like the lack of um the lack of research around it I also I've struggled with finding therapists that are well educated in lgbtq items mm -hmm. i had one therapist who i actually really liked her aside from the fact that i would spend part of my session explaining things to her that any queer person would already yeah. know yeah. and that's not to say she wasn't a great therapist it's just that i would rather have and i'm still right now struggling to find a therapist that is queer like knowledgeable mm -hmm. and that is not an easy task especially if you want to go in person like I'm probably going to have to go telemed which isn't ideal but 
I'd rather find somebody who can talk to somebody who is a part of the community rather than spending my time explaining to somebody the difference between non-binary and trans. Yeah, I yeah. To. I love my therapist, yeah. but I also have had that experience in the past. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, where it's like kind of trying to talk to them about things and like the way that they're speaking to me I'm like do you get what I'm saying like it's just so heteronormative and it's like well it's like why am I paying you it? to explain things to you that you could educate yourself on I yeah 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 I agree I'm and it's just like very like yeah like I'm paying you to be here and we're spending half of this session talking yeah. about yeah what and like the view is. of like queer relationships is so like stereotypical and like not rooted in fact and like yeah anyways let's go <laughs> yeah I really question. really like this last question because it just made me I mean I think all the feedback we get makes us really happy, but this was really fun. They said, hi, y'all just discovered your podcast and I love it. And y'all I'm closeted, gender fluid, bisexual, born in a male body. Is it possible for me to be sapphic or experience sapphic feelings? I think part of this is why we say women and non-men, right? Yeah. Is gender, mm -hmm. that gender fluidity of it. Mm -hmm. I think, yes. yeah. I that's I fully agree and yeah you could be because as we said as long as you're a non-man it fits into the sapphic spectrum in our definition yeah least. we we try and, and they're bisexual to like proves yeah yeah you're literally bisexual <laughs> yeah like and you're not a man like yeah that's it that's not sapphic <laughs> that's sapphic for you um you're a sapphic yeah. congrats it's a sapphic <laughs> and i know that there this person's still closeted but we are very excited that you're listening yeah. and um even if it's like in secret right now you're definitely a part of the community for show so yes Heck yeah we love you <laughs> Aww. <laughs> all right i think we uh made it to the end we did we got we got so. through it that was a good one and with that instagram tiktok at Sapphic Survival Guide. On Twitter, we are at Sapphic Survival. We have a Patreon you can go on, and then that Patreon gets you access to bonus content, uh, exclusive access to our Discord, where there's a little group of uh, queer people that's really fun. We like to go in there and chat with each other, and uh, that's patreon.com slash Sapphic Survival Guide. And important with the questions, too, if you want to submit a question, you can go to any of our DMs, of course, on socials, but if you want to be anonymous, in the link in our bio, you can find a place to put questions anonymously. Yes. So anything that you ask us is going to be anonymous. We're not going to put your name on it. But if you want to ask us so that we don't know who you are asking, mm -hmm. that is where you can do it. Full anonymity, not uh, full confidentiality. If you want. If you want to ask us those questions on our personal channels, I'm Sev. Find me anywhere on the internet at Lucky Sev with two Y's. You can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on pretty much any social media platform. And you can go to my Instagram at Gina Finio, my TikTok at Bisexual Gina, my website, GinaFinio.com. And you can listen to Um Hello wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, class is now dismissed. Bye. Bye.